I could watch that. I could watch that. Yeah, I could watch that. I could watch that. I'm not fucking watching that. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, welcome to I Can Watch That. My name is Kelly. I'm Alicia. This is Ashley. And this is Heather. We are doing our top three favorite movies, one movie each week, and new episodes are on Wednesdays. So we're rounding out our first favorite movie for each of us. This is Alicia. Mine was Kill Bill. And this is Ashley. Mine was Clueless. Uh, Mine you just listened to, which was The Devil Wears Prada. And mine is going to be The Crow, which you will hear about today, and I am so excited. (laughs) I cannot wait to go over this movie with you. It's going to be super good. Uh, 11 pages. Bear with us. (laughs) The next set of movies will be The Matrix. Hocus Pocus. Meet the Robinsons. And Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So hold tight for that. Yeah. Unless, of course, we have any special episodes. We'll probably throw the Phase 3. I could rank that episode somewhere between those. Not quite sure yet, but of course we'll announce it before we do it. This week we also have a shout-out from my husband, Ryan. He gave us his top three favorite movies. Uh, Number one being The Big Lebowski. (laughs) <laughs> Ashley has a thumbs down for that. Okay. Number two is The Wrestler, which apparently I liked. I have no memory of this, but Ryan is holding <laughs> it over my head. Mm-hmm. So, and number three is Watchmen. So, Alicia. Watchmen mm. is my favorite superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So, I love that this is on his list. And, uh, yeah, no, can't recommend that enough. If you like, if you've recently watched Umbrella Academy, like we've mentioned, yeah. it's very much in the same vein. Right. Uh, a little more old school, which makes it even more interesting for me. I like the noir feel of it. Mm-hmm. But it's brutal and crazy and really cool. Dysfunctional. So dysfunctional. <laughs> so Watchmen, definitely recommend. I could yeah. watch that. So, now that we have the housekeeping out of the way, prepare yourselves for my review of The Crow. And this episode will contain spoilers of The Crow. And if you have not seen The Crow, what is wrong with you? Well, watch it. In, in everyone's defense who hasn't seen The Crow, this was actually my first time, this is Heather speaking, ever watching The Crow, and uh, I liked it. I'm proud of good. you. I was really happy you would like it, because I didn't think it would be your kind of movie, honestly. Why? Because it's dark. Doesn't mean I don't like dark movies. Violent? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You're a baby. I don't know what you like, okay? <laughs> We've already established this came out when you were born. <laughs> this is 1994. So, The Crow uh, was based off a comic book by James O'Barr, published in 1989 by Calibre Comics. Uh, James O'Barr began writing the comic in 1981 and is loosely based on real events. Whoa, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, well, the first one was um, James O'Barr's fiance actually died by um, getting hit by a drunk driver. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, that kind of messed him up a bit. Um, and the second event was... This couple got robbed and murdered over a $30 engagement ring Mm. that he read in the newspaper. And he was like, what the fuck? That's not worth a life, you know? So that kind of resonated with him, and he kind of poured it out into this comic. Um, The film was slated for, I'm assuming, a late 1993 release. I'm assuming maybe like a Halloween movie Mm. in that era. Um, However, due to the death of its star, Brandon Lee, production was halted for months as the production company decided if they wanted to finish the movie or not. Um, ultimately, in honor of Brandon with and with his family's blessing, uh, the cast and crew finished the film. However, due to the uncertainty of the film's future, the original production company dropped out. So uh, Miramax was able to pick it up, give them the extra money they needed to finish the film, uh, which gave them like the tools to like do more CGI, you know, because mm-hmm. you know the film wasn't really done yet before they, Brandon's death. They still needed his face. Exactly. So they had to superimpose his face on the body doubles, and mm. they added, uh, I guess, better effects. Um, 
just to finish the movie. That was nice of Miramax. Yeah. So one more connection between The Crow and Kill Bill, Miramax, same distribu- distributor. So. Oh, wow. Their production company. Also, um, there has been some eerie, eerie uh, coincidences between this film and the events surrounding it. And also, now that I real you, what you said with the Mir- Miramax uh, being both Kill Bill and The Crow is kind of creepy, too. But mm-hmm. we'll get into that. I mean, I'm not a superstitious person. I think <laughs> the whole cursed movie is bullshit. But that was, that was really interesting. Thank you. They're very similar movies, which I never really realized Revenge until we watched them back to back, but with very specific setups. So mm-hmm. it, we'll talk about it as we go through. Uh, so The Crow was directed by Alex Proyas. Uh, he is known for Dark City and iRobot. I've not seen Dark City, but I am told that it's amazing. It's so good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you hear that I like Dark City and you don't think that I'm I like this movie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what Dark City's about. It's, it's a similar aesthetic. Yeah, it I is. Never it seen it either. is a similar aesthetic. I live the aesthetic. <laughs> and I robot, which I liked. It was good. It's fine. I mean, I enjoyed it. That's the the three rules of the robots or whatever with Will mm-hmm. Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Shia LaBeouf. Stop cursing oh, and go God. home. Shia LaBeouf, yeah. taxi driver. Yeah. yeah, fuck, I forgot about that. That has blanked from my memory. Yeah, it's actually a really good book, and it almost has nothing to do with the movie. Oh really? no, for sure. Well, there's that new Asimov show on Amazon, right? Oh, the, is there the Electric Sleep or whatever? Oh, I haven't seen that. No, Ma- Mac keeps bringing it up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we should watch that at some point. <laughs> when we finish Kingdom. When we finish anything. <laughs> yeah, sounds about like me. <laughs> Okay, so they filmed um, The Crow in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, also known as Hollywood East. A a variety of TV shows and movies were filmed there. Um, TV shows such as The Sleepy Hollow Show, uh, Dawson's Creek, Creek. (laughs) and One Tree Hill. Uh, Movies, uh, including Maximum Overdrive, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the old 90s one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Silver Bullet, um, Firestarter, and Parts of Iron Man 3. Oh. Yeah. It's not Georgia, like every movie it's now? It's not Georgia, no. <laughs> Brandon Lee only had three more days left of filming at the time of his death, and was going to be married to his fiancée a few weeks later. Uh, the movie itself was set to wrap in three days, or eight days. I also found an article um, which kind of pulls together the similarities between um, Bruce and Brandon Lee. So crazy. Yeah, it's, again, I'm not a superstitious person, but the coincidences, you have to admit, are kind of there. It's weird. Yeah. So this article from AV Club, from Tom Briahan, uh, Lee's father was, of course, Bruce Lee, a screen icon who also died young. Bruce was in the middle of filming Game of Death when he died, and there's a scene in that movie where his character, a martial arts movie star, is shot with a gun that's supposed to be fake during the filming of a movie scene. Holy shit. I brought up Game of Death and Bruce Lee and Kill Bill. Mm Mm-hmm. This is getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay, did Tarantino just watch The Crow and was like, all right, I'm gonna throw a blonde chick in it with some samurai sword? <laughs> oh my god, well, Top Dollar has a fucking samurai sword. What yeah. the hell? Uh, once the movie's uncertainty was resolved, Miramax stepped in and gave them $8 million to finish the film, as I said above, and production co- the production continued and was completed on June 28th, 1993. The movie was released May 11th, 1994, and it became a box office success and has since gained a cult following. But you know, my alley, I love cult movies. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little surprised that it became a box office success because I feel like, you know, but I guess at the time. In the 90s? Like, no, yeah. That makes sense. That, yeah. That was a very, I feel like, encompasses the 90s yeah. right yeah. there. And it depends who, what you read and who you talk to in regards to this movie because some people say it didn't do that well. Some people says it was a success. Mm-hmm. It depends what you read. I guess I'm just always surprised when any R-rated movie becomes a box office success because I just feel like most people don't go see them. But then again, I... 
Who knows? And, yeah. you know, because of, you know, the main star's death, right. that could be what brought in people to see it, too. Which right. is a shame. You should watch it, not because someone died on it, but because it's an actual good movie. The budget was $23 million, and the box hmm. office, they brought in $50,700,000. So not too much, but, I mean, they made more than they got, so... Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. IMDb gave it a 7.6 out of 10, which I'm okay with that. I could live with it. Well, so far, it's the highest, I think, uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating out of the four we've watched, so... <laughs> I, didn't, kill Bill. I didn't list mine because I don't give a fuck about when anyone else <laughs> <laughs> No, true story, but... Fair, yeah, I, mean, I figured is... we'd throw it in there just to like, see what the uncultured um, public thinks. <laughs> it's 100%. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 81% certified fresh and a score of 90% from the audience. So good job, audience. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. It's sympathy vote. No, hush. <laughs> so we have our characters. Uh, Brandon Lee, of course, is Eric Draven, uh, lead singer and guitarist of the rock band Hangman's Joke. Uh, he was just an ordinary guy who was going to be married to his fiancée on Halloween. No big deal. Uh, the night before his wedding on Devil's Night, uh, his life is cut short when a gang breaks into his and his fiancée's loft and proceeds to murder them both in a seemingly random attack. Eric is killed after he gets stabbed, shot, and finally thrown out the window. Talk about overkill. When we were talking about Tinjin getting killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sophia Sh- uh, Sheenas, uh, as Shelley Webster, uh, Eric's fiance, uh, displeased with seeing people getting evicted from their homes and ending up on the streets, she starts a petition petition to fight tenant eviction, which essentially puts a target on her and Eric's back. Um, she is home alone during the gang attacks and dies in the ICU after 30 hours of clinging, clinging to life. Rochelle Davis as Sarah, a teenager who is pretty much adopted by Eric and Shelley, uh, her mother works at the pit, a local bar, and pretty much abandons her. Uh, Ernie Hudson, as Officer Albrecht, uh, was the lead investigator in Eric and Shelley's murder. And actually, in this rewatch, I didn't know he was a sergeant. And mm-hmm. I just found that out today. So, he was a sergeant. Well, he used to be, like, a detective. Because mm-hmm. the other guy was, like, was... the last time you stepped in on something, they demoted you to a beat cop. Yeah. Well, that's, right. what he, that's what he tells Eric. He's yeah. like, I poked too much into your and your fiancé's death, and they mm-hmm. demoted me. Right. He... Was demoted to a beat cop after he was caught trying to dig deeper into the murders. You're a mind reader. You don't need to read from your script. Um, he stayed by Shelley's hospital bed in the hopes that she would survive and give him more information on who attacked her and Eric so he could bring the murderers to justice. Uh, Michael Wincott as Top Dollar. He's a crime lord. Um, he's responsible for all the havoc that we see that's caused on Devil's Night. He orders his gang members to go throughout the city and quote-unquote sweep and clear houses for his own use. All the burning buildings you see in this movie are caused from his actions. You mean the guy who looks like James Franco? Yes. yes. <laughs> Leave Michael Wincott alone. He looks like James Franco. He's a great actor. I mean, he and does. that is so not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that he's okay. No. I mean, I don't think it's I wasn't judging his acting. No. I was just his 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 first appearance as like is that Franco. Especially like certain angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, huh. Any connection to Franco is a diss. Well. Unless you're Baby Franco. I was going to say, you love Baby Franco. I love Dave Franco. He's just the worst, and I love him. So, Biling as Micah, um, half-sister to Top Dollar. She, and lover. And lover. <laughs> she is essentially second in command and has an interest in the supernatural, so she, automatically Ashley's favorite character. Oh yeah, I love her a lot. I really wanted her to do more. I remember the first time watching it, I was like, is she going to like make Top Dollar have like supernatural powers? And then she didn't, so... Just there for the, the eye candy, I guess. The gross eye candy. And yeah. the, the 90s lipstick. Oh. That lip liner. Again. Well. 
Tony Todd as Grange, Top Dollar's bodyguard. Candyman. Candyman, yes. Is uh, that... Okay, never mind. Hmm? No, no. Continue. He's in the movie Candyman as Candyman. I've never seen Candyman. So. I have neither, but I know he's in it. So I do not understand the you reference. You guys are missing out. Oh, I want to. He's been movie. in like three of them, too. Well, when you said Candyman, I thought that was his name, and I was like, but they never say that. Uh, <laughs> oh. because oh, you thought that was like his gang well, name? Well, because everyone else has like names, like T-Bird. He's just and, My name's and Candyman. Top, <laughs> top Dollar Candyman. And I was like, does he have like a lollipop or something? No. I, don't know. I was just like, okay. Murder of choice, sugar, and diabetes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and the, and the fun thing was, um, Alicia and I recently just watched Final Destination, and he shows up in that, too, and oh. Alicia said the same thing. Candyman! All <laughs> randomly, as they're in the morgue. <laughs> um, David Patrick Kelly as T-Bird, uh, last member of the gang to be killed, the leader of his small group, and he has a penchant for fast cars and fire. Uh, Angel David as Skank. He wasn't the last member of the gang mm-hmm. to be killed. Skank, Skank was. was. Skank was. Fuck me. Yes, he was. <laughs> It's okay. We can edit that it's part fine. out. Just start again. No, we'll just leave it in. No, just leave it in. Just leave it in. No, no, it's fine. Leave it in. I got, I got really into it, because I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, he's the big bad, and, like, the main guy, and it's like, no, they switched it on No, me. T-Bird died in his car, which is funny, because T-Bird. It's a Thunderbird. Yeah. He drives the Thunderbird. Yeah. Get it? It's get funny. It? It's, eh? funny. It's, funny. <laughs> it's funny. I don't get why Skank is called Skank. All the other ones I understand, but... Skank him. is actually made for the movie. He wasn't in the comics. Oh! Yeah. But, all right. Yeah. So he didn't add much value, but okay. No, he's he's not the brightest of the gang, but he's is capable of causing trouble. And he is played by Angel David. Uh, Michael Massey is fun boy. Uh, he oh. is the second member to be killed. Okay, so they have fun boy, so you can naturally assume why Candyman was, <laughs> <laughs> was the person in the movie. No, I totally get where you're coming from. <laughs> Um, he's a drug addict and dating Sarah's mom, Darla, who is played by Anna Levine. I think, date, I think dating is a, is a loose, loose term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sleeping with? Sleeping with? Drugging up. Uh, drugging up yeah. in a, yeah. And then he's also in a few episodes of Supernatural. Who was he in Supernatural? He was the, um, guy who lived in the trailer with all the religious shit, who wants to kill Sam because of Gordon. Oh, with the lucky rabbit's foot? Yes. Like like he's he's Don't touch my Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Dang. Dang. He, he, he looks hair. the same. He looks the same, though. Just as gross? No. 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 No? Okay. Just this movie? No, actually a little, you that's, know, kind of menacing That's hopeful. But just because he's yeah. a Bible thumper, so yeah. I find yeah. all of those menacing. For real. And then finally, Lawrence Mason as Tintin. He is the first member to of the gang to be killed, and he likes knives. This thing's probably my favorite. Tintin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's a dope-ass coat as well. A dope-ass yes. dreads, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the most interesting of all those guys. Yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, Lawrence yeah. Mason did a really good job. I'm sorry he died first. Is it Tintin because, like, knives? Because they go, ding, ding, when you throw them. <laughs> <laughs> when they bounce off of things. Yeah. I, I he, don't ne- know. he never misses. He never misses. Except I, that one time. I'm just curious how they got all their names. <laughs> no idea. So, we had the names. Okay. What if, like, yeah. Top Dollar just went around and just named them all? Like, I dub the fun <laughs> With boy. With his third collection. With his third collection. I dub the... Skank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a dirty rat bastard. I'm gonna call you Skank instead. <laughs> so we begin on October 30th, Devil's Night, in Detroit. It's not implied that they're in Detroit, but it's Devil's Night that takes place in Detroit in real life. So I'm gonna say it's in Detroit. So yeah, or heavily yeah. inspired by Detroit. Yeah, or heavily inspired by Detroit. Or not a real city at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're actually. Um, I think I actually heard that, like, it was supposed to be, like, a post-apocalyptic... No, that's Rob Zombie's version. <laughs> Rob Zombie was supposed to do a version of The Crow. Thank oh. God he didn't. Yeah, it was gonna be, like, post-apocalyptic. Like, the, it was, like, The Crow, and it was a year, like, 2037 or mm. whatever. There would have been a lot more sex in it. A lot more rape. A lot more graphic rape 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and drugs and violence. Boobs. No, thank you. Boobs. But not in yeah. a sexy way, so no thank you. Yeah. So we start off with the city alight in flame and enter a crime scene. Police are on the scene as they investigate a murder that took place in the loft high above the city. The focal point of the loft, a picturesque circle, circular window, is shattered as Officer Albrecht looks down at the crowd gathered below. We see a white sheet cover a body and then a camera flashes. Illumining... Oh my god. I think you're just reading a script. Yeah, I'm like... Okay. Yeah, it helps me focus. Okay. Okay. Uh, Illuminating the details of the people who were murdered here. Uh, There's uh, black and white photos of a couple, um, a rock band photo, and then finally a wedding invitation for October 31st with the victims' names Eric Draven and Shelley Webster. Well, I like the look at the city because they filmed it with miniatures, and it's really cool the way they pan all the cameras around and stuff. Yeah. I'm, they, I miss that. Yeah, mm-hmm. how they fly into it, now mm-hmm. it's all just CG, <sighs> and it's, yeah, a So boring. Practical effects are always the best way. Yes. yes. I agree. Well, Definitely. nowadays, you can just get a drone and just fly through a city and use it. That's true. But that too. True. Like a real city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Officer Albrecht makes a call to move Shelly from the apartment to the hospital, and outside is where we meet Sarah, a street-smart teenager who has close friends with Eric and Shelly. She follows Albrecht and watches as Shelly is sent away to the hospital. Albrecht tries to reassure Sarah that Shelly will be alright, but they both know it's a lie. And the scene ends with Albrecht comforting Sarah. I always forget that Ernie Hudson's in this, and I'm like, let's go watch Ghostbusters! (laughs) (laughs) He's so good, and every time he pops up in a 90s or an 80s movie, I'm just like, oh yay! (laughs) And now he's doing... When he was popular. uh, Yeah. Now he's doing Spooky Empire and conventions and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. A year has passed since the murders, and we open to an old derelict church... We see Sarah walking through a cemetery, picking flowers to place on Shelly and Eric's graves. As she turns to leave, a crow lands on Eric's grave, which she dismisses as it starts to rain. Uh, She skates board away to a hot dog stand where she meets up with Albrecht, and we see that they formed a friendship in the past year. Meanwhile, it's getting dark, and we see a group of men trashing an arcade and rigging a bomb, the first of many to kick off Devil's Night. Back at the cemetery, we see Eric's grave start to shift as he pushes the top of the coffin and dirt up, which showcases his supernatural ability. And crawls out of the grave, seemingly alive and in shock. Like the bride. Like the bride. (laughs) (laughs) When Albrecht is talking to the hot dog guy about Devil's Night and the fires, he said something about 143 fires, which is less than last year or something like that. Yeah, in the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're slow starters. (laughs) I feel like there wouldn't be enough buildings to burn the next year if you've already burned down 143 things. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I like how when Shelly's getting wheeled away, she tells Ernie Hudson, tell him to take care of Sarah. Tell Eric to take care of Sarah. Mm-hmm. And he lies and says Eric's okay. Mm-hmm. And Sarah picks up on it right away. She's super perceptive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she knows... Street smarts. Right. She knows he's lying about Eric. She knows he's lying about Shelly. Well, I mean, you live on the streets, you get, like, mm-hmm. you know, street smarts, so... But I like yeah. that Shelly was thinking about someone other than herself, even yeah, when she's, yeah. when, even when she's being wheeled away. Right, right. Yeah. We see the timer of the bomb hit zero and the arcade blows. We then cut back to the hot dog stand where the explosion was literally down the road. Albrecht runs towards the explosion, leaving Sarah behind. Um, so as we follow Eric, um, follow the crow from the graveyard uh, towards um, back towards his old apartment, you know, we see him walking through alleyways, climbing up ladders to get back to his loft. Um, they Before he enters the apartment, they actually recycled a scene. When Eric first walks through the doorway, it's a recycled from an earlier shot of him walking through the rain. Kind of that's like kind of what Miramax was able to give them money for to be able to put him in that scene when he's not really there. So when he opens the door, the that's 
kind of like the only time in the movie you get like a first person where like he's the camera because you see his hand. That, yeah, that's, that. that's your video game moment. Like, yeah. You're literally yeah. first person walking into a room. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the only scene in the movie where you have that, like mm-hmm. a first person shot because the rest of it is all mm-hmm. him and like you see yeah. him. It's, was that because he, that scene was filmed after he'd already died? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty much when he's walking down the stairs towards the apartment, it's not him. It's the stunt double. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's in the first person point of view when he opens the door and then when you see Eric walk into the door, that's where they superimposed him in, as walking in. Mm. Oh. So I'm assuming his stunt double walked in, but they just put his face on it. Right. Yeah. Mm. Cool. And then as you see um, him looking around, again, it's Eric's point of view, which I think it's really cool anyways, regardless, like if they wonder whether oh, they're going to yeah. film it that way or not. Totally. So I, I kind of like point of view shots like that. It, it was cool, but I kind of wish that they used them more. They just kind of did, right. did the one, and then like we don't get it again. So it, was, it almost kind of seemed right. out of place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they had used it more, I feel like it, yeah. it wouldn't have been such a strange, like, I mean. Well, they used the crow to do it, a sort of similar shot. Sure, right. sure. So I think that is where it was kind of maybe they like yeah they reference mm-hmm. it okay mm-hmm. we now see gabriel the immortal most cleanest cat ever <laughs> oh still... my god how is that cat still so white and not just like it still looks like someone is taking care of it right? like i doubt that anyone was taking care of that right. cat it doesn't have like mange or anything i yeah. did have a theory that maybe sarah does go back there but we don't see her go back to the first time until later in the movie so right. that i mean it's was so out the door. up when we yeah. see her go in there so, so. i don't know maybe well, I mean, the cat's name is Gabriel. Maybe it truly is just an angel. Mm-hmm. Or it's a florgal, or whatever it's Florgal's called, from, uh, yes. <laughs> from Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, when Eric picks Gabriel up, the memories begin. So we see uh, T. Red and his gang break into the apartment. They beat up and begin to rape Shelly. When Eric walks in, Tintin throws a dagger, hits Eric in the chest. So they pretty much show the whole attack scene, and we never get to see Eric's face, which, I, which again, I liked. But they filmed it after Brandon's death. So, yeah, that's why you never see it. So, I did like how they filmed it um, with the flashes. There's one part where he's reliving the scene where they grab him and hold him with his arms outstretched on either side. I like the symbolism to where it looks like he's being crucified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, that was really cool. Um, When he gets shot and thrown out the window, uh, he jumps out the window, but uses the broken frame to hang on and swing back into the loft. So when we see his hands are all cut up and bleeding, it's just more of his supernatural power. So we know that he's immune right. to, like... Yeah, that, that's how we learn. You get that goal. Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. We, the audience, learn. Yes. So he's, like, reliving it, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. And Everything he's... he touches, he gets memories of it. Right. So when he touched Gabriel, it, I'm assuming it was Gabriel's point of view of the mm-hmm. attacks. Mm-hmm. Right. So, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And actually, in the, um, in the script that I found, uh, whenever he touches something and gets a memory, it gives him pain. So hmm. that could be why he's, like, you know, in well, anguish he, as well. Well, he, he uses that, mm-hmm. though, yeah. which we'll, you'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. he uses it. So, yeah, no, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and also, I liked how the flashbacks were all in color. And as opposed to the reality around him, where it's all dark and bl- pretty much black and white. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Um, so tormented and unsure of his purpose with being brought back from the dead, Eric looks through some old photos and things that were left behind. We see an old black and white theater mask, photos bridal magazines, and then, again, the flashbacks of his previous life and with Shelley. Um, Overwhelmed by these flashbacks of the love of his life in a fit of rage, Eric decides to get revenge on the people who took his and his fiancé's life. Uh, Using black and white makeup, Eric takes inspiration from the theater mask and paints his face. Um, He goes to an old wardrobe where his old rock star clothes are kept, gets dressed, and gets ready to go get that revenge. Yes. He puts on his war paint. 
He puts on his war paint. He puts on a literal mask, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Back in the city streets, we see Tintin at a pawn shop trying to get some extra money from the owner, Gideon. Uh, their exchange kind of gives you an insight into what kind of people live in the city. They're all, like, low-life thugs, like, you know, um, trying to get... It's, like, every man for themselves, really, so... He's trying to get money, like, you know, with the purse with the blood stain on it, like, okay, so he killed someone just to pawn off their purse to get drug money or whatever. Right. So it kind of gives you an insight to how dirty and crummy the people are. Well, and, and the fact that Gideon goes ahead and buys it, so clearly he doesn't care. No, he people doesn't give a shit. People have brought him stuff before, mm-hmm. so. High above the city, we see Eric jumping from rooftop to rooftop in... Which is so Assassin's Creed Origins. It really is. He's following his bird, uh-huh. you yes. know, to the yes. next target. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Parkour. 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 And then the leap of faith. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> the crow flies ahead, and we are briefly able to see the crow's point of view, which is called Crow Vision, which is also the name of the production company that was in North Carolina. Um, we happen to see Tintin walking through an alleyway on his back on his way back from the pawn shop. Um... Eric decides to strike first after the leap of faith, and he uh, starts to fight him. Um, when Eric gets the upper hand, he holds Tintin in place, demanding him to tell him what he did to him in Shelley last year. And to try harder. And to try harder. <laughs> try again. <laughs> Tintin taunts Eric, distracting him before turning the tables and gain- gaining the upper hand. Tintin starts to throw his daggers at him, which Eric dodges, dodges easily before catching one and nailing Tintin in the shoulder, which my favorite quote, victims aren't we all. Mm. We now follow T-Bird and Skink as they make their way through a mosh pit at Club Trash, where we meet Grange, <laughs> a bodyguard uh, who T-Bird checks in with, informing him that he and his gang destroyed the arcade. Um, inside the penthouse of the club, we meet Micah and Top Dollar, which again are half-siblings and in charge of the gangs yep. in the city. <laughs> <laughs> they're super gross. Yeah. Yes. I mean, her lip liner. Oh, that lip liner. Oh my gosh. Lip-liner. I feel like he really should have been cast in um, Underworld. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Okay, and can we talk about Top Dollar's fucking wig? Mm-hmm. Is he a vampire? Uh, he looks like one. Yes. <laughs> With looks... that wig and those breechers. Like, what are you yeah, wearing? I was like, yeah, what century are you from? <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. It's actually really funny. He's wearing pantaloons. Yes. Because um, when they were kind of like going over like for the wardrobe top dollars or michael mincott's wig wasn't actually in and i think i told you guys this. Mm-hmm. um so they kind of had to scrounge around for like to find something for him and he picked out the long flowing straight wig and he's like i want it it's I'll wear so it. awful i will make it work and he did oh gosh so, no he, he didn't make it work he made it work i am kind of i am kind of jelly so uh, okay <laughs> i want long straight hair okay yeah says the girl who keeps cutting her hair yeah but it's mm-hmm. curly and Oh my like, gosh! Buy a straightener. <laughs> I have a straightener. <laughs> Buy another one. Buy another, Buy another one. one. Industrial strength. <laughs> you can get it. You can get it professionally straight, and then it'll stay straight. Get a relaxer. <laughs> there are things you can do, Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's too much work. Uh, so back at the pawn shop, Gideon is counting his money, um, having closed for the night. When we see Eric approach the glass door, uh, he breaks through the door, angering Gideon, prompting him to shoot him in the chest. Uh, the bullet wound heals. Gideon freaks the fuck out, and Eric pushes him back towards the counter. Hold up. Because he walks in quoting The Raven mm-hmm. by Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. which is so awesome and yeah. extra, and I love it. And, and, and you added the tidbit that he, he there's a scene where he wraps it. There's he, a version where he wraps yeah, it. Thank God they did not use that bad. one. I feel, I mean, it was a, like an extended deleted scene or something, and I guess they were just playing around with it, seeing what, what would make make the scene work mm-hmm. and they actually Rapping had to wrap answer. it 
And I watched it, like, a few days ago, and I was like, wait, is this, like, is this real? Or is this, like, someone edited it, like, on YouTube? Like, I don't believe that they actually did that, but they did. And I actually like how he just quoted it normally, mm-hmm. because it makes it more menacing, I think. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because, honestly, when he started rapping, I was out of it. I was like, okay, no, you're not scary anymore. And good thing he didn't put on, like, a fake British accent or something. Yeah. <laughs> just to make it more uh, menacing. Mm-hmm. So Eric tells Gideon that 1010 told him that he pawned off Shelly's engagement ring and he wants it back. Gideon tells him where it is. Eric finds it, which I love that scene where he's going through the ring saying no. Without looking no. at him? Yes, yeah. because that's actually a direct scene from the comic. There's actually a panel where he's doing the same exact thing and I love it so well, much. Well, so he's but just touching it so he can tell which one is the right memories. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Memories. memories. He feels them all. That's cool. No. No. Shout out, Ryan. Uh, Cats is the worst. Please stop. So boring. So Eric finds the ring and then proceeds to get more information of where he could find the other gang members. After Gideon tells him everything he wants to know, he blows up the pawn shop. The explosion grabs the attention of our favorite police officer, Officer Albrecht, as he stops Eric as he's walking away. And I really love how he goes to Gideon and says, I'm leaving you alive because I want them all to know I'm coming for them, which is exactly like in Kill Bill, <laughs> what the bride does to Sophie in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's all coming together, guys. It is. Full circle. The crow is a prequel. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, Eric tells Albrecht that he killed Tintin uh, with the, another one of my favorite quotes, they're all dead, they just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And he asks them Aren't if- we all? Yes. <laughs> Slowly inching Slowly. towards death. Yes. <laughs> and he asks them if he knew who Shelley was. Um, Albert tells Eric that Shelley is dead, giving Eric some idea that he knows what happens to him and could possibly give him some more information. Albert gets distracted by looters stealing from the destroyed pawn shop where you can see James O'Barr stealing a TV, which is <laughs> fucking awesome. Oh, the author of the comic? Yeah. That's funny. And then when he turns back, Eric has disappeared. He's like Batman. <laughs> Smoke bomb. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, back at the pit, Sarah finds her mom and fun boy, another member of T-Bird's gang, getting cozy. Mother and daughter have a toxic relationship, and you can see that Sarah doesn't approve of her mother's choices. Who would? Right? <laughs> yeah, Come yeah. on. Uh, annoyed, Sarah leaves the bar and begins to skateboard away with a car when a car flies past nearly hitting her. She's saved when Eric jumps in and pulls her back on the sidewalk. As he grabs her, he gets another flash of memory, but we see that it's Sarah's. Um, Sarah doesn't recognize Eric because of the makeup, and, you know, he's supposed to be dead, so... Well, she isn't quite looking at his face, either. No. She, she I peers like, around to look up at him. Like, yeah. I, really, I feel like if you actually... He doesn't look, I mean, really any different, except for it has the... That, I guess, could maybe throw you off. But, I mean, his overall facial... Well, and it's been a year, so she's yeah. not going to expect to see her dead that's, that's friend true. save her out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, she makes a comment about the rain. Eric replies with, it can't rain all the time. Which we say all the time now. Yes. <laughs> Which prompts a confused Sarah to turn around, thinking she'll see Eric, but instead sees an empty sidewalk. Because he does that a lot. Because he does that a lot. No, she just doesn't say, say anything. Oh, say, oh. say yeah. I honestly, oh. I thought of, of the drink. The oh. bi- And I thought bisexual. Bi. Yeah. Oh, bisexual. Have you ever heard of bi? I'm like, there's nothing in the scene that... Goodbye. <laughs> you ever heard of goodbye? Farewell, Heather, no one says goodbye. Heather's coming and knocking on the door like uh, like a Mormon. Have you heard of bye? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've already taken my dose of bye for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Funboy and Darla have moved from the bar to an upstairs apartment. They shoot up and start making out when Darla mm, notices. Yeah, 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 that's gross. Uh, when Darla starts, when Darla notices the crow sitting on the windowsill, the crow gets the attention of Funboy and Darla, and then Eric follows through. 
uh, the bird through the window. Well, the, the bird comes in and, like, hangs out on the TV. Yeah. And, like, yeah. is watching He's like, hey, just... what's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, since Eric can see through the crow's eyes, he's using it to spy on right. them and get right. the lay of... scoped out. Right, get, right. Yeah. Get the lay of the land and mm-hmm. all that. Exactly. But it's like those videos you see people where they, you know, squirrels or owls, like, get inside their kitchen and they're, like, trying to get it out with a broom. <laughs> The owl one is my favorite. Yeah, the he's, he's like, good owl. <laughs> his eyes are like, <laughs> he's just staring at him the whole time, and he's like slowly trying to inch it down. I think it's like on a Swiffer or something. Yeah, it's some kind of broom. And uh, yeah, and then he thing. like opens. The- <laughs> Wait, the owl is sitting on the Swiffer? It's yeah, in, he- it's like on the um the curtain rod above like the window oh. it got inside the house like it flew in the open window so they get it to like step onto a broom but they're trying not they don't, they don't want to fly mm. so they're just staring at it and just and they're like nice and nice and, owls. It down and, it's the and it starts to like twitch like it's going to it's like no no and then they get it outside you just see it and then all of a sudden it's like lowering it into <laughs> out of the window and then it just kind of looks at him and then like flies away and it's like Oh no! It's really great. Okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. a great video. So that's what I think about with, with with the crow being inside though. Is like I just want Darla and Fun to go get a broom and like. I like how no one really like cares. It's almost as if birds and stuff come well, in. They're, they're coming so out high. Yeah, I don't think they're probably they were tripping out on something. I really thought she was hallucinating. Yeah. Well, she was laughing. Right. She had yeah. morphine in her veins, so she just thought it was funny. Yeah. Eric taunts Fun Boy. Sorry, there's a fly. Yeah. <laughs> Eric taunts Funboy. Funboy shoots at Eric multiple times, freaking out when his bullets aren't stopping him. And I actually like the Jesus Christ joke, because that's from the comics as well, word for word, and it's fucking the best. Well, and he has the, the arms out thing from earlier, too. Yeah. And so it's kind of a making reference to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like when he shoots him through the hand. It's just, like, super gross and almost, like, horror movie-like. And then it grows back, and you're like, ah! It was supposed to be grosser. Oh, really? It really was. It's supposed to be more graphic. Okay. Yeah, but they cut it out. Well, I do huh. like that he screams and turns around and is kind of, like, rolling his eyes, yeah. like, yeah. the assholes like, believing ha, ha, me. Yeah. Me. I think it's interesting how the blood c- goes back in him. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't just cut... It doesn't just um, heal mm-hmm. and, like, leave the blood there, mm-hmm. but it literally comes, like, back into him and then, like, heals. Huh. So, finally, um, Eric ends up hitting the gun, causing a bullet to go through Fumway's leg. Uh, where Funboy passes out either from the drugs or the gunshot or both. Darla has taken refuge in the bathroom while all this is going on. Eric drags Funboy into the bathroom and puts him in the tub, running the water to make him wake up again. So we can interrogate him, right? Of course. Okay. Or just kill him. Waterboard him? No, I think he wanted he, to ask him questions he wa- first. No, he wants to kill him while he's alive. Waterboard Like him. awake. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's... He, Eric he's has no waterboard mercy. him. <laughs> we didn't see it. We don't know. Oh, my gosh. Er- Eric has no mercy. You're he's in the like, bathtub. No, I want to make sure you're awake before I kill you. Best place to waterboard somebody. He okay. turns... The, <laughs> Eric turns his attention to Darla. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah. Nope. Eric turns his attention to Darla, who um, grabbed a straight razor and walks towards her. Um, she attempts to attack him, but he grabs a straight razor and throws it aside he grabs her and makes her look into the bathroom mirror, basically t- telling her to get her shit together and ejects the morphine from her body. Um, Darla then runs away. So now, there was a deleted scene, which um, Heather kept reminding me of, and I actually put it in here. Um, I did? Yeah. I'll tell you this listen. Okay. So after, so here's the deleted scene. So after Darla runs off, um, Eric leaves the bathroom for a sec, examining a discarded syringe when he gets attacked from behind by Fumboy with a straight razor. The razor slashes at Eric's arms and body, but the wounds aren't healing, um, which is why you see Eric sporting the black electrical tape around his arms and torso, and the next scene you see him in. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, because Eric interfered in someone else's life and strayed from his own mission, his powers were weakened. Oh. Yeah. So because he helped his friend Sarah have a better life, he's being punished for it? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so... Um, okay. Because he helped Darla, his powers went kind of weak. Um, and... This is all explained because there was another character who was completely cut from the film called Skull Cowboy. Of course. And he's, he's awesome. Of I course love, his I name is him. Skull Cowboy. And he's literally a cowboy and a skeleton. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I um, so, <laughs> he's pretty much a guide. Um, he's not supposed to interfere. Um, he pretty much tells Eric, this is what you have to do. Do it. You can be with Shelly again. That's it. He doesn't interfere. He doesn't do anything. But he does show up and again, I think it's another deleted scene where... Um, Skull Cowboy shows up in the apartment after Eric um, knocks Funboy back, and or after I guess Eric kills Funboy, and the Skull Cowboy's like, "You're weak because you helped Darla. Like, don't do that, and then you won't be weak anymore." Um, and then there's also Skull Cowboy pops up multiple times in the movie in the beginning, in this one, at the end. But we'll go through that when I get to that those scenes. But that's why he has the electrical tape later on oh, in the film. Okay. Because he was weak and he got sliced up by the razor before oh, he hmm. killed Funboy. So. so why cut it out? Uh, the timing, and I'm assuming they probably had to film more stuff with Eric and Skull Cowboy that they couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's for pacing, though, because you don't really... I think I think the Skull Cowboy scenes were done. So I don't think they needed him anymore anyways, but right. I don't know why they cut out but this it, film. But it was just, like, scenes. I would have liked just, the like, a one scene, because, again, I was like, why is he, ta- like, he has tape around his torso, like, what is that? Well, they probably did it for the aesthetic, like, because, you know, his shirt gets ripped up, too, so he's, yeah, oh, but maybe I mean, his he, outfit's getting destroyed, put some tape over it. But, I mean, okay. I feel like he wouldn't really care about it. Oh, no. Because, I mean, his jacket gets all torn up, too. But also, I, I feel like, you know, just the, the tape thing aside... Fun boy having like one last I'm mm-hmm. gonna get you moment mm-hmm. like most bad guys do because yeah. the last we see of him, he shot in the in the leg. Yeah. So like you said, Kelly, we don't know if he's dead yet mm-hmm. or what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if he if they had added something with him jumping on him, you know that that's what a lot of it's predictable in mm-hmm. a lot of movies like that where the the bad guy comes back for right. one more hit and then then he dies. Well, actually, um, when I watched that extended scene, it actually threw me off guard, because, like, I know, I, I've seen the original so many times, so, like, watching the deleted scenes, seeing him jump out of nowhere kind of freaked me out. I was like, what the hell? Like, it was like a jump scare. Nice. And all of a sudden, he's attacking him. I was like, oh, you're still alive. Okay. So downstairs, um, Gideon is at the bar, having survived the explosion, and Grange meets up with him, telling him he needs to see Top Dollar and explain why his pawn shop got destroyed without his say-so. Darla crashes through the crashes through the bar in terror, prompting Grange to go upstairs and see what's going on. He finds Funboy nearly dead with multiple syringes embedded into his chest, which worst, is fucking worst, gross. Worst. I fucking hate needles, so worst. it was disgusting. Was okay. It was fine. But it reminds me of the scene with the first guy, with Ten Ten, because he also had his all this uh, livestock into mm-hmm. him in that same sort of like circle. Nope. Yeah. Because Funboy's was in a, the shape of a crow. With Tintin, there's just Tintin's blood on the wall with the crow. Yeah, but Wait, they was... still were stabbed in the oh, chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm was saying. Was it in the shape of a crow? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The, the needles? The needles. Yeah. yeah. How can you tell? I thought it was just, like, like around his heart. I'm pretty sure it's in the shape of the crow, because he leaves, like, his calling card behind. No, right. I mean, so. I wouldn't be surprised, but mm-hmm. you can't tell. That'd be cool. But oh. my point is, it's like they're all around the heart mm-hmm. of the person because yeah. they crushed his heart when they That's what killed I was his woman. That's what I was trying to say. Okay, okay. If you just let me fucking talk. <laughs> no. 
Back at Club Trash, uh, Gideon is at his meeting with Top Dollar, Micah, and Grange. This is the first time that Eric has been brought to Top Dollar's, Top Dollar's attention, and they begin to speculate who or what he is and why he's targeting T-Bird's gang. Having no use for Gideon anymore, Top Dollar kills him. So, T-Bird never mentions t- to Top Dollar about the issue he's been having? No. No, he just assumes, like, his gang people keep dying. Well, it's like that night, so... Yeah, it's, it's one night. No, so. no, but because T-Bird and Skank talk to Top Dollar at one point. So, I I don't know what they're talking about, I don't remember, but I, I'm just surprised they didn't bring anything up then. Was it the part where T-Bird goes to Top Dollar and says, oh, Tintin's dead now? Oh, probably. Because that's when he's just like, oh, hey, and then Top Dollar's like, oh, did you blow up Gideon's place? And T-Bird's like, no. So, mm. and we can't forget. So he doesn't just kill Gideon. He goes to his fucking huge sword collection and pulls out a <laughs> fencing sword and kills him with a fencing sword. Sword collection, guys. Dabs him through the throat. Yeah, no, I'm like, okay, Outlander, with all your swords. What are you doing? Uh, well, no, I just pulled up the image of Funboy. Yeah. So the needles are in his heart. Right. Okay. But the blood is in the shape of a crow. Oh. Okay. I was like, I knew there was a crow somewhere crow. in there. Like the ne- I don't. I was like, I don't remember that many needles being on him. Right. But, yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Cool, though. So yeah, it's like I knew the- there was a crow on his chest. I didn't know what yeah, yeah, context. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is interesting because later when he k- kills T Bird, he sticks like a thermite grenade in his crotch, and I'm like, ha, ha, <laughs> I got you there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's why he should have done something similar like that to Fun Boy. Cut off mm-hmm. his. You know, most favorite appendage. Yeah. <laughs> right, but he used their weapons against them, right. and then, you know, stabbed them in the heart, which was right. cool. We now get a glimpse of Albrecht's life as he's winding down for the day in his apartment, which this is my, like, favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you see, you can see it's a total, total bachelor pad, uh, kind of bare with police work scattered around the dining room. Albrecht is um, review, reviewing a file when he notices a noise by the window. He investigates and sees nothing. However, in the background, we can see Eric approach. Um, Eric tells Albrecht that he needs to know what happened to him and Shelly. Albrecht tells him that they were murdered. Eric got tossed out the window, and Shelly was beaten and raped. The the look that Brandon gives in that scene when Albrecht's telling him what happened to Shelly kills me every fucking time, because (laughs) it's just so, like, full of emotion, and I get so upset about it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that look. Um, Albrecht goes on to explain that Shelly actually held on for 30 hours of life in intensive care, Eric uses his power to look into Albrecht's memory and see Shelly in the hospital bed, eventually dying. Um, overwhelmed, Eric pulls away from Albrecht tells him, and tells him he saw her and saw that he stayed with her the whole time. Albrecht tries to play it off as he was only hoping she would pull out of it and be able to tell him who attacked them. When Eric asked why no one did anything afterwards, Albrecht explains that after what happened to him and Shelly, no one was willing, willing to come forward with information. He also explains that this was why he got demoted to a beat cop, because he... Stuck his nose where it didn't belong. So it, it worked. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what Top Dollar wanted to happen. He mm-hmm. wanted his gang to go in there and stop the people from rallying, mm-hmm. um, the leaders from rallying people against him and the evictions and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, so that way no one else would rise up against him, and that's right. exactly what happened. Right. He took them out, and now everyone's too afraid to do anything mm-hmm. to stop bullies. Um, Eric takes his leave, and with Albrecht telling him that he's sorry for what happened to him and Shelley. And again... Brandon give him give him that sad puppy dog look and it just breaks my heart because it's uh just his emotions. Um, there actually is a fun comic fact. Um, the roles for Eric and Shelley's deaths were altered slightly. 
Um, Shelly was the one who died first, and Eric was the one who ended up in the ICU clinging to life. Hmm. Oh, I like yeah. it better this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they swapped it. Um, the next day, Sarah and Darla's relationship begins as men, as uh, Darla tells Sarah that someone helped her and gave her a second chance. Sarah has suspicions that it's Eric, but to make sure, she goes to the apartment that Eric and Shelly share to see if her suspicion is correct. She finds Gabriel, the immortal cleanest cat, <laughs> and searches the apartment. She tells Eric that she misses him, and when he doesn't show up, she gets angry and goes to leave. Eric suddenly shows up, telling her that he does care. So, besides his other mission, and, and now that we know this about the deleted scene where he tried to help Darla and was punished for it, I think it's interesting that throughout the whole movie, he's constantly trying to get everyone to stop smoking and doing drugs. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he, he bats away uh, Albrecht's, you know, cigarette, and he does the thing with the morphine for mm-hmm. Darla. And I think later on, even with T-Bird, he's like, don't smoke that, it'll kill you, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... No, he just takes out the cigar and throws it aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he says similar things the yeah. whole movie. I'm like, oh, he's on a... He's a one-man dare team. <laughs> God dare. The crow in the war on drugs. Yes. <laughs> it's what this movie should be called. Exactly. Um, and actually, um, I told you guys this uh, during the scene where Sarah goes through, back to the loft. Um, we never see Eric's face because that's actually a stunt double during the whole scene. Yeah. So they kind of filmed that after. Um, Later that night, T-Bird and Skink are walking the streets when they stop at a convenience store. Skink. (laughs) (laughs) T-Bird sends Skink inside to get food while T-Bird waits in the car. A Thunderbird. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and Skink just walks in and starts stealing shit. Just like... Opens a potato chip bag wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. Upside down and sideways. Upside down and sideways. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if he just maybe, like, took a knife and, like, opened it. Oh, like, but still, I'm just like... And and they sent him in to get road beers. What the hell are road beers? A beer you drink on the road, obviously. It must be a not very good beer. PBR. Ew. Oh. I mean, you know, in this fucking town, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Eric is hidden in the backseat and pulls a gun on T-Bird, telling him to drive. Skank sees T-Bird drive away and goes into pursuit... Eric tells T-Bird to drive faster, making this a high-speed car chase as the cops are involved, but eventually Skink crashes into the cops and in the pursuit. Uh, the T-Bird is parked on a dock, and Eric has T-Bird duct-taped to the driver's seat. We hear T-Bird telling Eric what they did to him and Shelly last year, and T-Bird explains that they had to, quote-unquote, put some fear into Shelly because she didn't approve of their, quote-unquote, relocation program. Uh, which gives us some insight into what Top Dollar has been planning for the city, such as evicting and clearing out buildings and using them for personal gain. Uh, T-Bird goes on to explain that when um, Eric showed up, it all went to shit. Eventually, T-Bird recognizes Eric and goes into shock. Um, Eric ignites a thermite grenade, drops it into T-Bird's lap, lap, and then rigged the car so that when T-Bird's foot pushes down on the gas pedal, the car drives away. The car speeds off the dock as Eric watches... And fun fact, Brandon, if you look closely, Brandon waves his fingers like David Patrick Kelly did in The Warriors. Yeah. Um, and then the car explodes as it reaches the water. So was that gun Fun Boys? The one that Eric uses to carjack T-Bird? I assume he took oh, it yeah. from Fun Boy. Because he didn't have a gun. Yeah. Well, there is a part where when Eric takes the gun from Fun Boy, after he shoots him in the leg, he throws it aside. So he could have picked it up before he left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there was that deleted scene, so mm-hmm. it probably was maybe in that scene. Mm-hmm. Also, I fucking love The Warriors. <laughs> that is such a freaking amazing movie. Warriors is good. Mm-hmm. Holy like crap, mm-hmm. I love that movie. So iconic, and for the time it was made, it was made in the 70s, right? And mm-hmm. there's all these different characters, there's all these different, there's women, there's different races, and mm-hmm. it 
it's really awesome to see just a group of people because the warriors are like a multicultural uh, gang. Mm-hmm. And I, I always really liked that. It was cool to see the different people all together doing their gang shit. <laughs> I was surprised it was a movie that I didn't hate. Really? I went into it. I went into it expecting to not like it, and Mm -hmm. I actually enjoyed it. Old movies are good, y'all. Well, because I thought it was going to be like The Lost Boys, which I fucking hate The Lost Boys. They're the worst. Yeah. And it wasn't like that. Lost Boys is good. Lost Boys is the best. So boring. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're just awful. (laughs) (laughs) It has the word boys in it. Oh, so Ashley doesn't like it? (laughs) (laughs) You're so sexist, Ashley. Apparently, just this weekend. And again, greatest alignment ever for that car, because it drove straight. Straight. <laughs> Off the dock. In that old T-Bird. I'm like, mm, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, mm, mm. Yeah, okay. Magic. <laughs> Movie Fing- magic? Finger wiggle, finger wiggle. Finger wiggle. <laughs> no, crow magic. <laughs> finger wiggle, finger wiggle. Back at the club. Back at the club. Trash. Club. Trash. Yeah, it's called club TM. Trash. Trash. Hashtag Mark. me. <laughs> Uh, we see a dozen or so gang members gearing up for a night of fires and destruction. Skank is there, held in place by Grange, because he is scared for his life after what, what happened to T-Bird, and he knows he's next. What is it that they say again? Fired up! Fired up! Fired up! <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, stop it. You're the only one left. No one does that anymore. Calm your tits. Mm-hmm. Um, also, earlier that day, Grange said that he went to Eric's grave and saw that it was empty. So now they know who they're dealing with. Top Dollar orders... Wait, Top Dollar still doesn't quite believe it. Because he's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And Micah sort of does. Yeah. She does. Yeah, Yeah, she knows what's up. She just doesn't get enough lines to say that she believes it, Mm -hmm. but... She's a witch. Love her. She's a witch. (laughs) Top Dollar calls order and gives a rousing speech on how he wants his army to cause as much trouble as possible when Eric shows up. He tells Top Dollar he just wants skank. Top Dollar says no, which prompts Eric to give us this fucking badass line... I see you made your decision, let's see you endorse it. And a shootout begins. Okay, this really reminds me of the Joker getting all the gangs together in the Dark Knight. Mm. It's so mm-hmm. like this. And then he's got the, you know, fa- the face yes. makeup. And Eric has the face makeup, and it totally reminds me of that. I totally reblogged comparisons between Eric Draven and the Joker, like, with, uh-huh. like, how he, like... Um, walks into, like, the board meeting, as when Heath Ledger did in The Dark Knight. Yeah. And I reblogged that from Tumblr, because the side-by-side <laughs> gifts were, like, yeah. fucking awesome. I was like, oh, hey, that's funny. No, I think this movie was super influential, and it doesn't get enough credit, because watching it again back-to-back mm-hmm. with, like I said, Kill Bill, I just noticed a lot of things that have been used in tons of movies since this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. During the shootout, Top Dollar, Micah, and Grange all get away, but Eric catches up with Skink and kills him, tossing him out the window. Full circle. <laughs> well, so I thought it was interesting because um, you had pointed out that they all, they all die by their vices, I mm-hmm. guess. Like Tintin likes knives, so he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. Fun boys into drugs, so he mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. stabbed with a bunch of yep. needles. Um, T Bird likes his car and yep. also has affinity for arson, so mm-hmm. he dies in his car while it blows up. Yep. But we never actually learn what Skank's thing is. He's he just a dumbass. Eric, he threw Eric at the window. He That's was, it. He was, he was one the one the, that did he it. He was the one who grabbed oh. Eric's other arm and tossed him out. I think That's it was. So awesome. I think it was Tintin and Skank. Who yeah. Did it. No, it's still cool, yeah. but I just you know I feel bad is the wrong word, but I kind of you know Skank is just like oh well you're left so window shove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's because. Skink was one of the guys who threw him out the window. Okay. It's still awesome yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that works. That totally works. 
So I guess Top Dollar is running this like insurance scheme slash protection racket thing where I, I guess they're burning That's what down. I was thinking they're burning down buildings to collect the insurance money, but also like I think Heather or Ashley said I did maybe they were having people pay them to not burn down some buildings mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. because sure. Gideon's. Gideon was in with them. Right. You know, and so they left him alone. was fine. Mm-hmm. And, well, and that's why Top Dollar was surprised, like, why did, asking Tebor, did you burn down, like, that wasn't what we agreed on. You yeah. shouldn't have touched Gideon's place, but obviously he didn't do right. it. Mm-hmm. So I fully think, yeah, it was probably um, insurance money and then mm-hmm. protection. Mm-hmm. And also there's all kinds of drugs and weapon laundering going around throughout the entire city, which he's probably kingpinned to that, so. Sure, but sure. he wants to have, like, the biggest blaze ever kind of thing, mm-hmm. so at this point, does he just want to burn the city down? Is he, he's just kind of done with all of the I scheming, think. he just wants to tear everybody down with him kind well, of thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, um, Malcolm Merlin wanted to do on Arrow back in, like, season one or two or something. He wanted to level the city. Yeah. That show got canceled. Really? <laughs> it's getting uh, one more season with ten episodes to surround it out. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's what he wanted to do, because he thought that um, Star City needed to be cleansed, mm-hmm. Yeah. so he just wanted to eradicate it and bu- rebuild. Yeah. Well, sure. he, well, he kind of said that he was... People were kind of... Like, he did it He did it in the first place. He started the Devil's Night or whatever. Top mm-hmm. Dollar? Yeah. They were, like, he started out with the first arsons. Mm-hmm. And then people were, like, mimicking him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not just him doing it now, I guess. And mm-hmm. now he wanted just some, like, big, like, mm-hmm. fire to tell him, like, I'm the boss. Like, this is... Well, and it's probably some bullshit, I am the phoenix, watch me rise from the flames. Probably. Bullshit, honestly. Yeah. I mean, clearly we can tell by the way he dresses and acts and stuff and his, you know, quote-unquote girlfriend, mm-hmm. they're into that kind of mystical symbolism yeah. shit, so I could totally see, like, let's burn it down, and whatever survives is what's supposed mm-hmm. to be here, and yeah. I'm gonna lead it all. Mm-hmm. Top Dollar and his half-sister wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another cool thing Top Dollar says is the killer of killers to Eric, which yeah. also reminds me of Kill Bill, because that's oh what God. Bill says to the bride. He <laughs> says, you're a killer. Deadliest woman alive. Yes, you'll always be a killer. That's who you were born. Mm-hmm. And I like the little yeah. lead back there. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah. It really re- reminded me of that. So the police show up, prompting Eric to exit stage right, and eventually <laughs> runs into Albert. Out the window. He dances. <laughs> he dances. He does. Love he, it does. <laughs> he dances away. I'm like, okay, bye. Um, and he runs into Albert. He gives him a ride out of there. Um, and, of course, disappears when Albert is forced to stop the car, because he does that. Um, so when he gets out of the car, there's, like, blood all over mm-hmm. Albrecht's seat. Um, is that because of that him interfering thing still? Like, I don't think so. I don't think he just he I think it's healed just, yet. Yeah, I think it's because he got shot, like, 50,000 times. Well, so it's I think like it's he- just probably leftover blood. But like Heather said, though, sometimes with the wounds, the blood was going, like, back into his body, so... It could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just couldn't, but it probably died well, there, yeah. Time-wise. That, that was on his hand, but it went through his shirt, so it yeah. might have, like, gotten in his shirt. On his yeah, clothing. Like drenched, right. yeah, yeah, like And the jacket. Shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, and it could have been other people's blood, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I almost, it was a rampage. Well, because I almost wonder, because of that, because was he meant to kill those other people that were at the meeting? Mm-hmm. They had nothing to do with why he, him and Shelly died. But, I mean, is it like the collateral damage kind of thing? Like he, Right. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. So I, I just wondered if, if he, it was some sort of... Because um, um, I feel like his power is already weakening before the whole church scene happens, mm-hmm. and part of me wonders is because he's only supposed to kill 
T-Bird and then Top Dolly. Like, that's it. But because mm-hmm. he did this other stuff, which is good things, mm-hmm. like, he definitely should have killed everybody in that room. Totally. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if that's, like, a you're doing something that you're not sent here for. Yeah. I don't think so, because he has to do anything to get to Skank. And that's his mission. Mm-hmm. So, killing those guys, I don't think it weakened him. Mm-hmm. I think it's just him just trying to get to him. Sure. And at this point, he doesn't know that he needs to kill Top Dollar as well. Mm-hmm. So, right now, he just thinks he has, he's got to get Skank and that's it. He can mm-hmm. go back. Mm-hmm. We now see Eric walking alone back towards the graveyard. Having finished his mission, he is ready to go back to Shelly. He takes a quick breather as a bunch of kids in Halloween costumes run by. Inspired by their joy, Eric lets himself feel joy and relief for having avenged himself and Shelly and bringing, bringing his murderers to justice. Um, it's also supposedly the last scene Brandon filmed, which is mm-hmm. why they kind of slow-motioned it on his smile mm-hmm. and then fade to black. Right. In the graveyard, we see Sarah has fallen asleep in front of Shelly's grave, waiting for Eric to return. He wakes her up and tells her it's getting late. She tells him that he didn't say goodbye. Um, he decides to give her Shelly's engagement ring so she can always remember them. After swearing she'll never take it off, she hugs Eric for the last time and leaves the cemetery. As she passes by the old church, Grange comes out from the shadows and kidnaps her, bringing her into the old church where Top Dollar and Micah are waiting. Eric is waiting in front of Shelly's dra- Shelley's grave, ready to go, when he sees through the crow's eyes that Sarah had been kidnapped. He jumps up and heads towards the church after her. And he has a total Aragorn entrance into the church. Yeah, Flings the doors open. And after promising to never take the ring off, she immediately loses it. <laughs> well, she didn't take it off. Someone it took it off her. It was taken from yeah. her. Yeah. Still. Not her fault. It still stands. <laughs> and then um, there's another deleted scene with the Skull Cowboy. Um, before Eric enters the church, um, the Skull Cowboy shows up, tells him if he helps Sarah, he's doomed to stay in the land of the living forever. So he can't go back to Shelly if he saves her. Um, it's a chance Eric takes because he does choose to save her. And uh, I think uh, Brandon had signed on for at least two sequels. Mm. So they were going to keep going with the Eric character. So I wonder if they were going to set up this movie to where they make him stay behind mm. and not in the next two movies or whatever, he can find a way back to Shelley. So I think that's what they were going to do, but I'm happy with how it ended because oh, yeah. it was a good totally. ending. Like, yeah. It closed the character, it closed her. the story. I'm happy with the way it was. Eric enters the church with the Aragorn uh, flair uh-huh. Yeah, Alicia loves. The crow flying ahead of him, leading the way. The bird lands on a pew nearby in Grange, hiding in the shadows. He likes shadows, I guess. I don't know. Well, he's got, like, a sniper rifle. Yeah, he takes aim and shoots it. Top Dollar appears and mocks him, while Eric demands for Sarah to be released. Top Dollar shoots Eric in the shoulder instead. It takes him a minute to realize that his powers are weakened or diminishing, um, and he falls to the ground. Oh, fuck. Which well, they, shoot the, they shoot the bird. They did. They yeah, the so um, Grange shoots the bird and mm-hmm. because of Micah, right? She's the one who figures, figures out that mm-hmm. if they do something yeah. about the bird, it'll weaken him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I kind of... This is kind of why I wish that they had some sort of thing about where they didn't delete it, mm-hmm. that we know that if he interferes mm-hmm. in something else, it kind of weakens him. Mm-hmm. So, Because we do realize that the bird's not dead, and even though it is... Hurt, injured. hurt and injured. He, I feel like he should still have some sort of like, but it almost doesn't seem like he has any ability right. at all anymore. Well, I so mean, he still gets up. Yeah, yeah, but it just. I feel like there's, he's weakened from the bird, and then he's also even more weakened the fact that he's not supposed to interfere with Sarah, mm-hmm. and like it's, that's not part of his mission, quote right. unquote. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we do. I think that they kind of tr- try and tie it with the bird, mm-hmm. but. 
I was kind of like, I think that he could still have, he could be doing more, but mm-hmm. I just, I yeah. think he was even more weak. Right. Well, and again, like, he's supposed to be done with his mission as well. Yeah. So I feel like he's just done. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't need to... That too. But because of Sarah getting kidnapped, he has to go back and yeah. do it anyways. Uh, so Top Dollar beats up Eric for a bit before Grange says that the bird's still alive. T-Bird tells him to kill it. Sorry, Top Dollar tells him <laughs> to kill the bird. And Grange takes aim to shoot again, but Albrecht storms the church with a flare gun and a pistol. Top Dollar slips away during the commotion. Micah was able to steal the injured crow, and Grange gets killed. Gets himself perished. Why because they're in a church? Huh? Parish. Church. Is that why you said that? No, because that's what T-Bird said about Tintin. He got himself uh, perished. Oh. <laughs> but you were making a church joke. No. I don't know. I don't go to church. <laughs> Eric and Albrecht take cover, and Eric informs him that he's not um, immune to wounds anymore. Uh, the two attempt to follow Top Dollar and Micah up a staircase that leads to the bell tower. However, Micah shoots down at them and gravely injures Albrecht. Uh, Eric goes up the stairs alone. Which I feel like Albrecht should have known better. He was just kind of standing yeah. in direct in the line doorway. of sight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hide behind a column or something. Well, like, you can see that Eric tried to get her attention by looking up into the light towards her, and then she kind of aimed at him, but I guess... Her bullet kind of went towards Albrecht instead. Okay. Uh, so Mike is waiting with the injured crow. The crow manages to gouge out her eyes and she falls to her death. Like what happens to L Driver? <laughs> <laughs> I wish she hadn't have like bonded to her death. I wish it would just like pecked out of her eyes and then she would have been like a seer or something. Oh my god, Ashley. I you fucking would have loved death. it so well, much. Why don't you call it? Everyone has to die, okay? Why what? don't you make your own movie about Micah? <laughs> I could. I would get rid of that lip liner. Oh, please do. That's the one thing you would change about Micah. Yes. I'm fine with her hood. Okay. I it, No, her, her hood is horrible. Ear warmers? I think it's adorable. I don't like her, like, poofy hair underneath it, but it's style. I get it. <laughs> the crime manages to gouge her eyes and she falls to her death. Eric continues upwards to where Top Dollar has made it to the roof of the church with Sarah. Uh, on the roof of the church, Top Dollar pushes Sarah off to the side where she manages to hang on to a broken part of the roof, and Eric and Top Dollar start their fight. Which is actually the scene that I saw in Hot Topic when I was a wee 14-year-old. Oh, and I yeah? didn't know what the crow was. <laughs> a scene you... S- oh, were they playing it on... No, it was a statue. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a statue of the church and them fighting on it. Oh, did you buy it? No, I didn't know what it was. I know. Did you go back and buy it? <laughs> no. It was probably like $50. It probably. was Hot Topic, so yeah. it was probably like ridiculously expensive. You didn't have any hot cash? I did not have any hot cash in 2004. Did they even do hot cash then? They um, did. Mm-hmm. As a long-time Hot Topic patron. <laughs> <laughs> Top Dollar has a samurai sword, which is cheating, and where did he keep it? It was on his he back. He had it on his back. That's true, but yeah. still. It was strapped to his back. Still. On, it's still cheating. It's fine. It's cheating. Uh, Eric manages to dodge the blows until he manages to grab hold of the spire, which gets struck by lightning at the same fucking time, which is wild. Well, uh, now he's got a sword. Yeah, now he's got a sword. He's got a weather vane sword. <laughs> The two continue their fight before Top Dollar stabs Eric through the stomach. Mortally wounded and weak, Eric can only listen as Top Dollar uh, goes on about how he's in charge of the city, and he actually put the hit on, on him and Shelly. Monologuing. Mon- yeah, yeah. Mon- you got me monologuing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as Top Dollar pulls out a dagger, Eric realizes his mission was not completed, and Top Dollar was actually, actually the last one he needed to kill in order for his revenge to be justified. Eric reaches forward and grabs the sides of Top Dollar's head, bestowing upon him with every ounce of pain that Shelly endured for the 30 hours while in ICU, all at once. It was enough to shock Top Dollar, and he falls off, falls off the side of the church, getting impaled by a gargoyle, Gargoyle's horns. 
Eric manages to save Sarah, and they make their way back down to Albrecht, who is still alive. The one part, love... piece of that church that's not broken. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I love the the scene with um the blood pouring out mm-hmm. of its mouth yeah. instead of like water because it's raining, of course, because yeah. it's just always raining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that it was blood. I always like when they do shit like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric leaves Sarah with Albrecht and goes back to the cemetery. Terribly weak and on the verge of death once again, Eric collapses in front of Shelley's grave. The wind around him picks up, and we see Shelley walking toward him. They share a kiss and manage together in the afterlife reunited reunited once again. How sweet. It was so sweet. The movie ends with Sarah back in the graveyard to find Shelley and Eric's graves undisturbed. The crow lands a final time on Eric's headstone with Shelley's engagement ring in its beak. Sarah holds out her hand and the crow gives her the ring. And she won't lose it this time. And she will keep it forever <laughs> in the sequel. Because she is in the sequel. Not the actress, but the character. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, Yay. um... Yay! Yay. That was a lot of talking. I don't like talking. Revenge Rampage! But I'm not done yet, because now we're going into the comics versus the movie! Woo! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which, yeah. So, uh, now I'm going into the comic versus movie aspect. So, for the comic, or, well, I guess for the comic and the movie, Eric's look is pretty much the same. Uh, you know, the black clothes, duster, makeup. Thankfully, though, they did not give him... The crazy, choppy David Bowie labyrinth hair oh. that Eric sports in the comic book. It's oh. really wild. That, yeah. p- that punk rock yeah. Yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. That's why it looks on the shirt you have. Yeah. With his with his white like silhouette or whatever. That's actually um, Robert Smith from The Cure. Uh, yeah, because he sings the crow. Burn, from, which is a, the song that you hear when he's putting on his makeup. Uh, That's the song. And also, oh, yeah. Eric's band, when they have the little loop that is playing on the... Um, Can't run all the time. On the record player? On the record player. Yeah. When they have the little loop that's playing on the record player, it sounds like The Cure. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. I honestly don't know who sings that little bit of music. I don't think it's Brandon. I feel like it's like a post-production thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like Brandon's singing. I mean, I don't know what he sounds like when he sings, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that singer voice was too deep. I guess. I don't know. Mm. Um, anyway, so they, but they did use hair extensions for Brandon in the beginning, but near the end, his hair kind of grew out to where they didn't need it anymore. Mm. Uh, and also in the comics, um, Eric's left eye is white because that's where he got shot. Oh. Um, oh. so he gets shot. So, uh, if you look at the comics, I actually caught this, like, a few years ago when I was rereading them, but his left eye is white and his other eye isn't. Uh-huh. Um, also, you can see, like, a scar that runs from the bottom of his left eye across the bridge of his nose. Um, they obviously didn't change Brandon's eyes, but if you look closely, especially in, like, the Blu-ray version, which is when I noticed it, you can see that they did try and make the scar on Brandon's face, so, like, across his nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was really cool. I yeah. think that was just from them beating him up. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not from, like, a gunshot. I think that was from them beating him up. In the movie, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And also getting throughout the window. Because you can see, like, the, you know, the bullet wounds on his chest, the, right. the scars from the, the glass and everything. Right. Yeah. So the comic is all in black and white. And uh, was basically used as a storyboard for the movie. Uh, you can also you can tell in the movie they try to keep the black and white aesthetic because everything is dark. Mm-hmm. Skull Cowboy, as I mentioned, has a more prominent role in the comics and was supposed to show up in the movie. He is played by Michael Berryman, who is of the Hills Have Eyes fame, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Weird Science. And that's the old Hills Have Eyes from, like, the 70s. I was going to say, I'm like, he's not in the one... Yeah, he's the Wes Craven one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think his scenes were completely filmed, but were ultimately cut. Um, he is supposed to be a guide for Eric, but mostly an ob- he's an observer, occasionally showing up to remind Eric not to stray from his mission. Like yeah. what you mentioned earlier, yeah. Right. Do they still get paid if they don't use the cuts? Yes. Or if they don't use the scenes? I and... don't think he would get residuals if right. he wasn't in it, but I think he would get paid for his mm-hmm. work. Because they don't have to pay him for, like, using his likeness because they didn't... I don't didn't... Even right. yeah. know if he's credited. 
Probably not if they didn't even use him. And because sometimes they, they credit them if they're if they don't use their scenes hmm. too, right? Yeah, but he might have that, you know, parenthesis uncredited because mm. he's in a deleted yeah. scene or something. Yeah. Right. The way Eric and Shelley die are different. Um, the couple in the comics spend a day at the beach, and on their drive home, their car breaks down on an abandoned roadway. Mm. Um, Eric attempts to fix it, and Shelley waits in the car. Meanwhile, um, Tom Tom is not in the movie, but I assume he took over Skink's role, mm-hmm. uh, or he's supposed to be Skink in the comics. Um, Tom Tom, T Bird, Tintin, and Funboy are all high on drugs and racing down the roadway, eventually flying past them. Unfortunately, the gang sees the couple and drives back toward them. They pretend to offer their help, but ultimately murder the couple. Uh, Eric gets two shots to the back of the head, but doesn't die, and is forced to watch Shelley get attacked and murder. Eric dies in the hospital with, um, Captain Hook is actually a character in the oh comic. Oh <laughs> He is actually a hybrid of Albrecht and, well, actually, I'm sorry, Albrecht in the movie is a hybrid of Captain Hook and Albrecht in the comics. Okay. So he's the same person. Um. Captain Hook. Yeah, his name's Captain Hook. <laughs> I love James it. James Silver had a good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Eric is only able to mutter, the crow said, don't look before finally dying. Mm. So, and I think in the comics, the crow is supposed to be his psyche, mm. and the skull cowboy is only a physical thing that he sees, but... Oh, he doesn't actually see a crow? Well, he does see a crow, and it tells him not to look all the time, but I think it's just, like, I think it's something Eric envisioned, like, made up. So, in the comics, is the whole, what's the main guy's name again? Eric? No, no, no. What? Top the, Dollar? Top Dollar. Oh. Um, is he in the comics? Yeah. So, it, was this actually part, like, did he tell Orchestrate the gang to kill them? Because it almost seems like a random act of violence. It's a random act of violence. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's a random act of violence. Yeah. <clears throat> but in the movie, it's actually, like, a planned hit, it's a basically. Hit. Yeah, it's okay. a, they're on the hit list. That yeah. makes it better, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it does, too. I agree. The random act of violence? No. No, 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 no the planned hit. I like the random, random act of violence better, because it's, like, fucking scary. You don't know what's gonna happen. Right. So it's like, why are they... But it, it gives it more of a vengeance, you know? Right, well, yeah. it, I feel like it gives, um... Shelly more mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, clearly yeah, she, she was an activist, right, right. you know, so I, I feel like kind of gives them more depth than yeah. just getting yeah. randomly murdered. Like, like right. Heather sure. said, how do you orchestrate a random murder and then yeah. justify going and killing somebody for it? Cause it was an accident. Right. Yeah. So, uh, also in the comics, Eric copes with his trauma with drugs and self mutilation. Um, it was scrapped for the movie. It was, I guess, too dark or they just didn't want to go that route with, with Eric. Um, the black tape around Eric's arms in the movie is reminiscent of the comics when he uses black tape to cover up the cuts he inflicted on himself. Um, and then it's, again, the deleted scene with Fumboy, he gets it from the razor that mm-hmm. Fumboy attacks him with, so that's why he wraps up his arms and Oh, so. see, that would have been interesting if they would have kept that in. Yeah. Because that would have been a callback to, you know, getting cut with a razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for ruining the movie for me. So if he cuts, <laughs> I know so, the scene's been cut out. <laughs> so if he cuts the, himself, it, it probably doesn't heal. No, I don't because, think Because, like, so. that's not part of his... And mission, like and, and the comics are kind of graphic with the cutting because he goes very deep. So oh, I don't sure. think, I don't think it's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now to the interesting points. Um, there was supposed to be a remake released October 11th of this year, starring Jason Momoa, Aquaman, and directed by Corin Hardy. Uh, I was kind of on the fence with this. You were super on the fence about it because I love the original movie. And I feel like if they do a remake, it'll just ruin Brandon's legacy, because he worked so hard for this. Mm-hmm. He died and, for this movie. Exactly. And it was supposed to be the movie to make him a star. Like, he was supposed mm-hmm. to break out, because, you know, he was trying to get on the scene. So I feel like that would just ruin everything. Um, and I don't like Jason Momoa as Eric Draven. I don't see it at all. I just think he's too... 
muscle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, Eric's supposed to be just some random guy. Like, not, like, you know, well, muscular. He, he's, like, athletically built. Yeah. Eric is. Like, yeah. he can do, like, the gymnastics and things yeah. like that, but he's not, like, a muscle man. Which he does in the comics. He does gymnastics. And right. Stuff which makes sense. Yeah. Which we kind of see that when he does the whole window thing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so, oh, yeah, and also, um, little random fact, uh, Brandon Lee actually lost, like, I think 40 pounds for this movie. Oh, wow. That's why he's so thin. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the scene where he's in the apartment and, like, his coat is just over, like, it's so big on him. I'm just like, you are so skinny. What mm-hmm. the hell? Eat a cheeseburger. Eat a cheeseburger. Eat some carbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, thankfully, the project got scrapped, which I think is probably for the best. So For now. For I now. mean, Hollywood will come around in 10 years and decide yeah. to do it. Probably. Yeah. Uh, well, the 30th anniversary is coming up in 2024, so... They'll do it then. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happens then. Um, the comics are still ongoing uh, with different writers, different protagonists. Huh. Um, the most current one is The Crow Memento Mori. Uh, which is what I started reading. Basically, uh, The Crow Memento Mori is about a Catholic altar boy named David who was killed along with his girlfriend Sarah and dozens of others in a terrorist attack in Rome, Italy. Um, he's resurrected as the crow. He wrecks vengeance on those who committed the atrocity, but wiping out the terrorists does not prove the end of the story as the mastermind behind the attack and the reasons for it still remain a mystery. So he has to sell it before he can rest in peace. So I'm assuming it's still ongoing. I kind of stopped after, like, episode... or. Issue four. I stopped buying them for you. Yeah, you stopped buying them for me. Yes. <laughs> You're not my enabler anymore. Well, The Last Jedi stopped coming out. They they finished that run, and oh, then yeah. I stopped going to Coliseum to get it. <laughs> oh, <exactly. laughs> when I was there, I would get it for you. Mm-hmm. Oh. God, Gil Simone stopped writing Batgirl, and I just kind of fell out of all comics oh. forever. Comics are dead forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they redid Red Hood and the Outlaws, so they got oh, rid of no. they got rid of Starfire and Roy. He's with like two other people who I just don't fucking care about. So pretty much right. once those two ish, like series yeah. stop losing what I loved about them, yeah. I just stop reading comics. <laughs> I don't have time to read. Yeah. I mean that too. It's the lowest uh, thing on my priority mm-hmm. list. I'm sorry. Fair enough. So as I said uh, earlier, two tragedies inspired the comic, which was the death of James Obar's fiance and then an incident he read in the newspaper. James Obar actually wanted uh, Johnny Depp, Christian Slater, and River Phoenix type actors to play the role of Eric Draven. For the '90s, I can see. I could yeah. see. I yeah. could see Christian Slater. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, Phoenix. I can see Christian Fl- Christian I can see Slater. River Phoenix. Yeah. I can see Christian Slater. <laughs> we are anti-Johnny Depp. No one can see Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, the set also had many accidents. Um, one involving a cherry picker running into a power pole and Ooh, setting fire to the man inside the bucket. He survived. Um, another accident involved an irate, irate crew member running his car into an on-set workshop. So as you can see, like there's a lot of stuff that happened making this film, and I think it's probably just from the stress of trying to get things done. Like the the atmosphere was very tense. Like they had to get this movie done. They had um, only a limited time to do it in. Yeah. Well, yeah. and not enough money. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. With only like what thirty million mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that's not enough. Um, so, and I think also because. Alex Proyas kept changing his mind with certain things, and I, mm. when I what, the book I read, he wasn't very communicative as well, so I feel like it put like a lot of tension on everyone too. So it's just people just running around going crazy, trying to finish this film. They don't know what's going on. It's just they're not sleeping. They're working like you know fifteen hour nights, like from like what like five p.m. to like seven a.m. Like and they all filmed at night. They never did anything in the morning, mm. and so everyone's tired. They're worn down. It's just. A madness. It's the poltergeist of action movies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Are you actually going to go into what happened? No, I will not, because this movie is not about Brandon's death. So I will not go into them. If you want to, you can look it up on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the accident was awful, and I don't, I don't want to talk about it, because, totally again, fun. it's not part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And 
So, um, the idea for the makeup came from a marionette mask that James O'Barr saw outside of a London theater. Um, he also donated most of his profits to charity after the movie was filmed. And then, my favorite tidbit, um, he got the names Eric and Shelley from The Phantom of the Opera and Frankenstein, mm. which are two of my favorite stories of all time. I love them so much. Um, Eric is the Phantom's name in uh, the novel, and then Shelley comes from Mary Shelley. Shelley. Mm. And also, yeah, there are three sequels out, uh, City of Angels, Salvation, and Wicked Prayer. I have them. I watched them. And they're okay. They're not that great. I mean, yeah. Actually, I hate City of Angels so much, but I actually watched a video on YouTube about how they changed City of Angels so much, because it was, they, um, like, I guess they, like, deleted, so they changed so many stuff, and, like, the company kind of, like, screwed them over with money, so the movie that we got wasn't the movie that they planned, so I kind of feel bad for City of Angels Mm -hmm. now. I still don't really like it, but I would like to see what it could have been. Yeah. And I think there's actually um, a video of, like, deleted scenes and storyboards chopped into the movie so you can see what the movie would have been if the company didn't fuck him over. Mm. So, Salvation is the 2001 with Eric Mabius and um, Kirsten Dunst. Um, actually, Kirsten Dunst? Yeah. She's in it. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's random. Yeah. yeah. It's 2000, so I guess, like, that was her When time. did Spider-Man come out? 2002. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I actually like Salvation. That's my favorite sequel, if I had to pick a favorite sequel. And then Wicked Prayer with Edward Furlong in it, which... Oh my gosh. I want to like it because it's Edward Furlong, but it was shit. It was so bad. <laughs> Post T2 Edward Furlong is not uh, it's the not. Edward Furlong we love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also a TV show called Stairway to Heaven, which Dan got me for my birthday last year, and I watched it, and it's it's good. It continues the air. It's, Isn't it 90s? It's so 90s. And you hate 90s. I do hate 90s, <laughs> but I like The Crow, and I like the TV show, and there you go. That's also, it. happy birthday, Dan. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dan! We're going oh. to a party for him tonight after we record this. <laughs> In like three hours. Yep. Okay, and then for the music, uh, as you know, like the soundtrack is amazing. Again, I don't like 90s stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, literally the entire so, movie, you're like, I hate this song. Yes. <laughs> so I would say Burn from The Crow is like the best fucking the cur- song. The Cure. Thank you. Burn from The Cure is my favorite song on the album because, you know, it's the main song. And I also like. Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots. So. Well, I'm looking at this track list, and yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails. Violent Femmes. Rage I, Against the Machine. Yeah. I mm-hmm. effing love Violent Femmes. So, it's a really good list of artists and bands on here. Also, I do kind of like um, Jane Sidbury's A Carrying All the Time song mm-hmm. that you hear in the credits. It's actually really sweet. It's a nice mm-hmm. song. Yeah. They did a good job with it. Well, as someone who loves the 90s and these emo as fuck bands, I was totally down. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that is my review on The Crow, my most favorite movie of all time. Yay! Hopefully yay. you guys could understand me. And I didn't fuck it up too much. We'll see. <laughs> nah, it was good. It was but good. The end! Yay! Hooray! Hooray! So, for current events, what we're gonna do is, uh, as I mentioned in the previous episode, we had to film these back-to-back because we're gonna be traveling pretty soon here. So, we kind of split up the things that we were interested in in the last week or so. For movies, we haven't seen another movie, but there we talked about this before. There's now a third Charles Manson movie coming out this is, year. Yeah. Is that necessary? Yeah. That's no, not. it's not. It's really not. This one starring mm-hmm. Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame, Eleven, is mm-hmm. playing Charles Manson. It's called Charlie Says. And I think it was actually filmed last year, but the distribution oh, okay. is coming out this year. Right. 
And then we have The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. and the Hilary Duff, The Haunting of Sharon Tate movie. All this year. So so what I'm hearing is we're going to have to watch all three of them and compare. I think that would be naturally. a great episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely. Just have a Charles Manson movie oh episode. Mm-hmm. We'll get nightmares for days. I, I will. <laughs> sure. I'll be fine. <laughs> all, of, all of you have other people in the house oh my gosh some of us have to go home alone uh, <laughs> <shh>. <laughs> uh, but they're all different types of movies as far as I can tell because Charlie Says is more about uh, the three women who were charged after he was charged that were with him part of his crew oh. and then The Haunting of Sharon Tate's more about Sharon Tate being haunted by what's going to happen to her. She, like, sees the future. And then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a Tarantino-ass movie. So who even knows what that's going to be? I have to wonder if his is going to be a little fictional. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, because, I mean, that's what all of his are. They, they take a little bit it's, of... It's a time piece, but they, yeah. like... It's a little bit of history, but then they branch Well, off. and I keep hearing that happens in this or around the time, but it's not, like, necessarily about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, okay. so, yeah. we'll have to see with his. They I'm might, not sure. I'm wondering if they just kind of mention it just so you get an idea of what the time mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know. Yeah. And it could be wrong, but there's been no trailer, so I have no sure. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll find out. Uh, and a show that Ashley and I have been watching pretty religiously for the last couple of years is The Magicians, and I, we haven't mentioned it. But it's on Sci-Fi. It's the last show we watch on Sci-Fi because they keep canceling all the good ones. They cancel everything. I don't uh, get it. R.I.P. Dark Matter. Luckily, The Expanse is coming Got back on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Thank God. But Magicians is basically grown-up Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's fantastic. Last season was probably my favorite season, and they've been doing really it's good. The third season one. now, or fourth, fourth season? Fourth. Okay. This is the fourth. Wow, I'm super behind. Last season was the <laughs> third one, and they had mm-hmm. it was it was all quests. Mm-hmm. So they right. all had they uh, had okay. they had a goal, and like each episode, like they had to get something, and they like would. Mm-hmm. And so I really really loved the setup of the season three. It was told and done really well. Yeah. Um, this one now is like consequences, obviously, of like mm. what had happened. Um, and they've been doing really good. They've been doing a lot of um character-based episodes, mm-hmm. which I prefer, because mm-hmm. a lot of shows kind of don't give you an insight onto why characters make certain decisions. Like, you, you just see them do it, and then mm-hmm. everyone moves on. So I like that we're kind of... They're, they're interacting with different people, too. Like, the groups keep changing up, which is nice, because we have so many main characters now. Well, there's consequences for mm-hmm. everyone's actions, yeah. which I really like, where a character will do something bad, and they don't just forgive them. They have to earn their forgiveness. Oh, sure. yeah. Well, they're still reeling from... Alice in season two, mm-hmm. like heck, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah. we definitely recommend the magicians. <clears throat> and today, well, this morning, Kelly and I played some more A Way Out, and <laughs> oh, there's my oh my God. gosh, there's there's this part where we go into the hospital. My character Vincent, we're trying to go see my wife who just gave birth to a child. And we have to escape from the cops. Oh, it's so fucking cool. And at one point, uh, Kelly's character, Leo, her scenes turn into a freaking Street Fighter side-scroller, where she's yeah. just punching cops out in the it's hallway. So oh, my fun. God. From a side-scrolling, per, uh, like, uh, point of view. view. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's so, so good. Neat. And then, like, when they transition, like, to each character, because right now we're split up, so they'll start with, you know, Alicia's character... She'll start running, fighting, and all of a sudden it'll kind of pan to, like, you know, like a vent, and the vent will 
going to like a different part of the hospital where I'm running and I'm fighting now and it's just, oh it's so cool. It was really well done. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm super excited to play more of it. I think we're probably more than halfway now. We're mm-hmm. we're gearing up to go fight the big bad. Yeah. We finally have guns. <laughs> guns. <laughs> nice. We got to practice. I chose a. Uh, rifle and mm-hmm. Kelly, you chose like a mini gun, right? Yes. Yeah. So she's got an automatic, and I've got more of a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll be pretty evenly matched against whoever we mm-hmm. have to go against. Oh yeah. So that's been super fun. And then Ashley, please tell the audience about <laughs> the Universal Disney ticket fiasco we've been dealing with. I'm gonna be brief about it because it's a long story, and I hate talking about it because it just raises my blood pressure. Oh my god. Basically, if any of you all are planning on going to Japan, which you all should definitely go, and if you're thinking about getting Disney or Universal tickets, which you definitely should, look into it beforehand. Especially if you're anal like us and you want to have all the tickets ready to go before you've even left the States. The Tokyo Disneyland website, even though it says it accepts out-of-country credit cards, it doesn't. It lies. It is not up to date. They do not take Visa. They do not take MasterCard. They take nothing. So after about five days of figuring that out, calling my bank three times and them telling me there's nothing wrong with my cards, we caught on that we can't use out of the country American credit cards basically to buy these tickets. Um, Luckily, that seems to be a a very common thing. There's a couple of third party websites set up. Um, We didn't really want to do a third party website, but the only other way to get a ticket would be once we landed in Japan, we'd have to go find a Disney store in the mall, and if they still had some left, we could buy them. And we needed eight for two days. So. Or we could get them at the gate, which would be cutting it close, because they have this crowd calendar you can look online, and I was looking at it to see how busy they think these days are going to be, and because of the Cherry Blossom Festival's coming up, it's going to be busy. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't have these tickets when we got there, we may not be able to go, which right. would have been tragic. Right. So basically, again, over the span of five days, Alicia and I were like slowly, slowly losing our resolve and just thinking we were going to... And minds. We, yes, <laughs> just thinking we were going to have to just wake everybody up at 4 a.m. and go wait at the turnstiles at 5. Like, it was just going to happen. We would have done it. So... Mm-hmm. But we didn't have to. We were able to get the tickets through part third party sites, print them out. They're in my giant notebook that we're taking mm-hmm. with all of our tickets. <laughs> which which we still had to wait for approval on those. Even with the third party website, yeah. I could only buy one I could only buy eight tickets for one day. I couldn't buy the other one. And then I they already took the money out of my account and then it was on the site, it was in review. So they already took my money, but I wasn't guaranteed to get the eight tickets for one of the days until three days later when they approved it. Yeah, and I think they took, when I did the other eight for the other day, it took a day and a half, so it was faster. Mine took three days. And Universal took, like, a day and a half. So, mm-hmm. something lit a fire under their asses, I guess. Uh, maybe. Or maybe they people already scrambled for their tickets, and so now they were slower. Who knows? I have no idea. But it was an absolute nightmare. So, again, if you, this stands for any country that you're going to go to. If you're going to do any kind of theme park ticketed thing, make sure you research it before you go. I wish we would have known this stuff in January, because we totally would have planned this a lot better, but we didn't think it would be this hard. We didn't, but we succeeded. We in succeeded. The end. I mean, it, it's just good enough. It's good that you did it far enough in advance to yeah. kind of realize that totally. Hey, we can't get these tickets. <laughs> we we were 
uh, Alicia and I were prepared to just change our entire itinerary around because mm-hmm. there was the one um, we found on a third party. You could buy a two-day ticket, which is what we wanted, but it wasn't good for the Wednesday and Thursday. The Wednesday tickets were sold out, mm-hmm. so we could do it for Thursday and Friday. Right. Which we didn't really have anything on Friday. We had, like, nothing bought. We had nothing bought for Friday, but we did have tentative plans, so we just didn't want to do that, but we almost were going to have to, yeah. but we didn't, so. And well, we were trying to avoid going on a weekend day to Disney, because right. we didn't really have a choice about Universal. We are going to go on a Friday, but we ended up getting the Fast Passes, so hopefully that will be okay, because our friend Rosie, uh, so Ashley, Rosie, and I are the only ones going to Universal, and our friend Rosie was the one who tried to buy them from one website, but they didn't work, so then we had to go to a different website, and I did it, and it worked that time, so we got the, I think it's the Flying Dinosaur Fast Pass. So if you guys ever go to Japan and go to Universal and you love Harry Potter, <laughs> get the Flying Dinosaur Pass because it will allow you to get into Harry Potter land guaranteed. You get a special time and once you're in there, you, you can stay there until you want to leave, basically. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that Fast Pass, you're not guaranteed entrance into the Harry Potter section of the park. So it's... Yeah, wow. it's, it's crazy the way they do shit over there. Well, that, I mean, that's the way it was when Harry Potter opened up here um, for in, in Orlando when it opened over mm-hmm. in um, Islands mm-hmm. of Adventure. Mm-hmm. They had to, like, have lines outside of the Harry Potter area because mm-hmm. it, the space was not built, manufactured, whatever, to contain a theme park because they wanted it to be quote-unquote authentic, which was just stupid. So they they learned their lesson. They had to do crowd control. Listen, I worked that day when it opened, and <laughs> over at Spider-Man, the wait time for us was like five minutes all day, which was amazing, but they ended up using our extended, extended queue for queue control for Harry Potter. At the opposite side of the park. Yeah, no? it wrapped around oh all the way around the park, <gasps> and I, yeah, it was, I think it, it stopped in Toon Lagoon. Oh my gosh! People, and it almost, it almost wrapped it back to where yeah. it began. Holy yeah. crap. It was crazy. And that, and that was just to get in the area. Like... Why would yeah. you go? If you're not guaranteed, and like you're not guaranteed riding, you're just guaranteed to get into the area. Oh. And I heard people wait, we have to wait like twelve hours, and we closed at like nine o'clock that night. Oh my god! And it's god. like you're not gonna get in. Mm-mm. Let's be real. Well, I mean, it's like you said, like if it's that long just to get into the area, the ride was probably like a four hour wait. Wait, mm-hmm. so like more than that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what their queue is set up for. Is oh. their queue set up for four hours? Probably not. So. Yeah, that was nuts. So I, I can only imagine with Japan and, and their size what their area looks like. So they, that's probably their version of crowd control. Mm-hmm. I don't know when theirs opened, their Harry Potter area. We, we got the first one. 2010, we opened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we got the first one, so. So that's the story of Disney Universal Ticket Fiasco. Research, research, <laughs> research. I cannot stress it enough. So you can email us at that at gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr um, I could watch that. Twitter at I could watch, and you can also listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and Speaker. Just search for I could watch that all in one word, and there you go. Yep. Don't and forget to like, rate, subscribe, listen to us. New episodes Wednesday. New episodes every Wednesday. Tell us how you feel about the crow. If you say anything bad, <laughs> you're wrong. No, or, or tell us any other like cursed movies. Yeah. <laughs> Not a cursed movie. Not Poltergeist, though. Right? We already know that one. Yeah. <laughs> the most cursed of them all. Mm-hmm. I think The Exorcist has some weird shit going on, too. Yeah, huh? I'm sure. See, yeah. we already know those. Tell us, tell us some other ones. Just because I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.